Kia Coven. I had episode one of the Vixen Temple podcast pre-recorded on the 2nd of December. However, there have since been some recent developments that have since transpired that I feel inclined to address as it has to do with FKA Twigs, who I do talk about in this episode. On the 12th of December, FKA Twigs released an official statement that she was suing her ex-boyfriend Shia LaBeouf for physical and emotional abuse. I want to make it very clear that I stand in solidarity with FKA Twigs. Here at Vixen Temple Blog, we support victims of abuse. To be a black woman going against a public figure who is a rich and successful white man in Hollywood takes so much kaha. Because of recent developments, I contemplated taking out the part of this episode where I discussed the implications that my phone conversation with Twigs had on my mental health, but after much consideration, I have decided to leave it in. The point of this episode is to focus on my mental health journey that coincides with my blog, and I feel that editing out the part about my public confrontation with Twigs would be doing a disservice to myself. I have not spoken about this publicly since a live stream I hosted not long after the phone conversation, as I find it a very difficult topic to discuss. It was a really uncomfortable situation to be in, and I can't deny the effects that it has had on my mental health, which is the topic of this episode. I am not trying to rehash old drama. I am merely hoping to speak my truth, which is something I feel I was not given a chance to do at the time. So now, getting to a point where I am able to comfortably discuss this again publicly is a massive milestone in my mental health journey. But again, I want to reiterate that I support Twigs in her law battle against Shia LaBeouf. I have no animosity towards her, I just want a chance to share my side of the story. Thank you, and let's get on with the pre-recorded episode. And again, I want to remind you that everything you are about to hear was recorded and edited on the 2nd of December. Let's begin. Yoda Coven, Heidi Mai, hello and welcome. My name is Vixen Temple and you are listening to the very first episode of the Vixen Temple podcast. Needless to say, I am very excited. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> I am currently sitting in my closet. <laughs> I've returned to the closet. Oh no. I'm sitting in my closet with pillows stacked around me. So my apologies that the audio may not be the nicest quality at the moment. Um, in the future, I plan on obviously buying a microphone. Right now, at the time of recording, I am filming this on my iPhone. So I promise that hopefully in future episodes I will be able to adjust the quality better. But for now, I appreciate that you're listening and thank you for tuning in. So, first of all, I've got a list of things here that I'd like to discuss for this episode. This is my first episode of the series. I'm going to be introducing myself. I'm going to talk about my blog and why I started it. I'm going to have a brief overview of 2020 and the effects that COVID, don't worry, we won't talk about that much, but the effects that it had on my blog. I'm also going to talk about the FKA twig situation, my mental health and my recent breakup, why I started this podcast and what my plans are for this podcast. So this episode is essentially just a brief overview of the year I've had and what my plans are moving forward. So thank you so much for tuning in. I am so glad that you are here. I have my Mercury Oracle card laid out in front of me. I've done a grounding spell and I'm ready to just get started. So let's just get right into it. So who is Vixen Temple? If you've 
joined me from my Instagram, you may have been following my blog for a while, but kia ora. My name is Vixen Temple. I live in Aotearoa. I am Auckland-based, but at the time of recording this episode, I am currently in my hometown. I have returned here to spend the rest of the year. I will expand on that later when I talk about my recent breakup. But I am a Leo Sun, Virgo Moon, Gemini Rising. I am a performance artist. I am a writer. I am a sex worker. And I am a baby drag king. Um, the areas of sex work that I have been involved in, I entered sex work selling my nudes on Snapchat <laughs> back before OnlyFans was a thing. I will dedicate a full podcast to that in the future about my journey evolving from Snapchat to OnlyFans and how I made money selling my nudes on Snapchat. After that, I started branching out into the world of stripping. I have worked both in strip clubs and outside of strip clubs doing outstrips or outcalls for stag parties and birthday parties and I really enjoyed that. And then I started to dabble in the world of sugar baby and sugar daddying and I will dedicate an episode in the future to my experiences with that and what I learned from it. The main thing being that I do not have what it takes to be a sugar baby. <laughs> it was just so exhausting for me so I have so much respect for sugar babies. That's just a brief little introduction to me and who I am and the areas of sex work that I have been involved with. In future episodes I will absolutely talk more about myself and my experiences in sex work but for now I'm going to talk about my blog and why I started it. In 2019 I was stripping in my hometown. I had just graduated university and I had had a very awful encounter with a sugar daddy. Again, I will expand upon that in future episodes. But I left that encounter absolutely exhausted. I was so drained emotionally. I was at a very low point in my mental health. And being a writer, I find writing very cathartic. It's very therapeutic. It's something I do to sort of make sense of things that have happened to me that perhaps I didn't fully understand at the time. It's a really good exercise of reflection for me. So I was one night in bed thinking about the sugar daddy experience I had and just how frustrating it was and how angry it was making me. And I thought instead of being angry, I'm just going to start writing down my truth. Now the truth is very subjective. Everyone of course has their own experience when it comes to a situation that is uniquely their truth. So I figured I'm just going to write mine down in a sense to reclaim that narrative that I felt like he had tried to take away from me. So I wrote out the first blog I ever published, which was my sugar daddy experiences. I laughed, I cried, it just really poured a lot of emotions out of me and it just felt so fantastic. Uh, during this point in my life, I had had a few articles published to Fembot magazine about why I became a stripper. They were quite successful, so I thought I might submit this to them and see if they'll publish it again. And I don't know what happened, but I just had this thought in my head, you know what, I might put this on my own website, I'll put this on my own blog, and just see what happens. And I had no idea <laughs> when I first published My Sugar Daddy Experiences to Vixen Temple blog, what would come from it. I remember I made an Instagram separate from my sex worker account because at that time 
I couldn't post links in my Instagram for some reason. Um, I probably got told off for having an OnlyFans link in there. So anytime I posted a link on my sex worker Instagram, it wouldn't work. It would be broken. So I had to make a new Instagram and thus Vixen Temple blog was born. And I posted my blog there. And within a few days, it had been read. <sighs> when I tell you, I thought maybe 10 or 20 people would read my blog. And then within a few days, I think 700 people had read it. I was just absolutely blown away by the aroha and support that I received. I had sugar babies messaging me from all corners of the globe, sharing their experiences, their encounters with sugar daddies, their frustrations, their vents. And... I felt this sense of unity and connection and that's something that I think as sex workers we all really resonate with that that shared experience that's what keeps us so bonded and I remember just sitting on my phone reading all of these messages crying my eyes out like the sensitive little Leo I am <laughs> at all the beautiful aroha I was being sent and I was just so blown away at the love and support so to anyone who's been supporting me from the start, I, I, I greatly appreciate it. So I started publishing more blogs because I thought, well, I've, I've you know, had other experiences I'd like to share. And I like to tell stories. I'm a storyteller. That's just really what I do. So I just started writing about the stories I know best. And that's my own experiences. I wrote about having an abortion. I wrote about toxic friendships. I wrote about stripping. And... Every time I published a blog, I was met with so much love and support from people with shared experiences, especially the abortion blog. Again, all of the blogs I've written, I'm going to dedicate to full podcast episodes, so I'm very much looking forward to that. But all of the love I received really was what kept me going, because I've never made money off this blog. Um, when I get articles published to websites and featured I get paid for that but my blog I do completely for free in fact I use my own money to keep the blog afloat what I love about it so much is that it just gives me the sense of unity with people that I don't know and I think that they're so beautiful so again everyone that messages me even if I don't reply I see the messages and they keep me going so thank you so much for that In September of 2019, I made the choice to move to Auckland, and that was a big exciting leap for me, and I moved up and started stripping at a club there. Um, I had just met my recent ex at the time, so I moved up, lived in a flat with my best friend, and then everything was going really well, and I was really happy and living my best life, and then COVID happened. <laughs> So I moved into my uh, recent partner's house. Him and I lived together during the lockdown. And during the lockdown, I was all, I'm going to be so productive. I'm going to publish a blog every week. I'm going to use this to, you know, really as a motivation to get myself writing. And I feel like a lot of that, us had that similar experience of, all right, I'm on lockdown. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to come out with all these new skills. I'm going to be so productive. <laughs> And about two weeks into the lockdown, I just hit a wall and I stopped writing. And that was very exhausting for me. Um, I was really frustrated. I was so hard on myself. I am, I am very hard on myself. That's my Virgo moon. I put too much expectations on my shoulders. And when I don't live up to it, I get very frustrated. So I wasn't writing as much. Yet I was still gaining 
a big following on my Instagram. So I figured I'll just pour my energy into making posts there if I'm not going to be consistently posting blogs because once upon a time when I first launched the blog I'd said I'm going to post the blog every week <laughs> and that's how I was able to sort of gather my little coven of sex workers and allies and if you're joining me from my Instagram so much aroha to you thank you for being here um this takes me next on my list to talk about the FKA twig situation now if you're new here or if you joined my Instagram after that all went down I'm about to explain what happened. So during the lockdown, FKA Twigs released a video set in a strip club and it was promoted with this quote saying that she wanted to create a matriarchy in a place that is typically run and dominated by male energy. And that very fairly rubbed a lot of strippers the wrong way for many reasons. One, not all strippers identify as female. Two, we don't need a civilian to come in and save us. And at the time of this release, we were not aware that FKA Twigs had a history in sex work. It wasn't our business, but that was, if you look at it in terms of optics, that was the information presented to us at a time. We saw a celebrity posting a quote essentially saying I want to come in and save these strippers from the male dominated energy which is so ridiculous we don't need that you know we create our own sense of unity if you've ever been in a strip club changing room you know exactly what I'm talking about so I created a slideshow essentially explaining why that quote rubbed so many of us the wrong way because I was all over Instagram and people were sharing their disgust and disdain and I was getting messages, what's the issue? I don't understand. So I thought, well, I'll help you understand. I'll elaborate. I'll explain. So I put up a slideshow um, basically calling FKA Twigs out and celebrities out as a whole, not just FKA Twigs. It, this, is a, this is a topic I'll discuss in a future episode, celebrities and their appropriation of sex workers. So it was, you know, aimed at her but aimed at celebrity culture as a collective. I put that slideshow up and oh, oh, it blew up. Oh, it blew up. <laughs> it got a lot of shares. I think it currently has 3,000 shares and 8,000 likes. Um, I have never had something get this big before. And bearing in mind, I was in lockdown. I was just sleeping in my little garage, which was my bedroom. And I wake up one morning and I see that I've essentially gone viral within the sex worker community. I was gaining followers. I was just, it was very overwhelming to say the least, because with the love and support, this introduced a lot of hate to my blog. I had Twigs fans coming into my DMs, you know, telling me, ah, oh, shut up. Oh, what would you know? Oh, you sound stupid. I had other sex workers messaging me, and this, this hurt more, I didn't care about the civs opinions, but other sex workers messaging me saying, you know, you're a bad feminist, stop hating on other women, and it was just a shame because that's not, that was not my intention. My intention was really just to elaborate to the people who were confused why her quote upset us so much. And then one morning I wake up, and I get a message from FKA Twigs. I remember waking up that morning and my eyes opened and I went, oh, I'm going to make pancakes for breakfast. And I grabbed my phone, saw that Twigs had messaged me and went, 
never mind. <laughs> so she messaged me and we had a phone conversation and I don't want to go into too much detail about the phone conversation because she shared a lot of very personal information with me and I'm not here to spread her words. That would be disgusting. Um, and she told those things to me in, in trust, so I'm not going to break that trust. But the phone conversation really left a sour taste in my mouth because she did not apologize. She did not take accountability. In fact, I guess the best way to summarize the conversation was that I apologized and I sort of felt cornered because look, I'm a 24 year old at the time closeted from my parents sex worker um, running my own independent blog that I make no money off that I run entirely on my own from my garage which is also my bedroom and I've got this massive celebrity on the phone calling to me essentially crying to me about you know how I'm bullying her and as someone that's been bullied in my life being told that I was being a bully, I immediately got so sad and started apologizing. I felt awful. I felt awful. And then I hung up the phone. And I just cried because I was really embarrassed that I wasn't able to stay, you know, stand up for the sex workers and stay true to my morals and beliefs. I just apologized so much to her. So that was really crushing for me. Um, that had a really, a really horrible blow on my mental health. I started to get severe imposter syndrome after that. Because, you know, I say, oh, I, I like to think of myself as this, this tough sex worker bitch who's here to stand for the community. And I get confronted by one of the people I'm calling out and all I do is apologize. So that was rough. And then more things happened with Twigs. I ended up having a Zoom session with her and Selena the Stripper and Black Venus in Furs because the three of us were, you know, very public about our are confronting FKA Twigs and we were called out by an Instagram company and when FKA Twigs came out as having once been a sex worker or involved in the sex work industry, uh, the three of us sort of got painted in a very bad light as though we had essentially forced Twigs to out herself, which I just want to make very clear, I would never do that. During this time, I was not even out to my own mother. The last thing I would ever want to do is to make a sex worker forced to out themselves. That is horrible. And to have that accusation sort of thrown at me and that narrative written for me was devastating. I was crushed. And I received a lot of hate for that. Um, so that was a really dark period for me. And I was in lockdown, so I was stuck just with me and my partner. And, and I felt so lonely. And I felt so... I know I'm not that special, but it really felt like all eyes were just glaring at me and I felt so targeted and that made me really struggle to want to keep publishing blogs because I felt like I had this big arrow on my back and to receive hate from other sex workers was devastating for me because sex workers are my chosen family. I've been bullied so much throughout my life. I have a terrible relationship with my father, which I'll expand on in future episodes. So to have the sex worker community, which I found a home in um, and a community in, turn against me was really devastating. So that had a really negative impact on my mental health. And I sort of didn't want to keep publishing blogs after that. But 
Even in the darkest moments, there is always light. And please know that the love I received outweighed the hate. But when you're in that state of anxiety, and I do suffer from severe anxiety, your mind just just absorbs the negativity and it overwhelms you. And it sometimes feels as though it's outdoing the good. So to everyone who messaged me support in that time, I, I really appreciate it. You got me through a really dark point in my life. But in my mind, I was just focusing on the negatives. And yeah, that had a really big impact on my mental health. But as a result of the twig situation, I did gain a lot of more followers, more sex workers, more allies. And I had this inspiration one day of, okay, I want to at least make something good out of the situation. I've managed to accumulate a platform and I want to use this platform for good. So I had the idea to launch my website, Coven of Sex Workers. And I spent about a month planning the website, uh, writing new blogs for it, trying to gather people together to send me articles that they had written that I could feature or to interview them for the blog, the site. And I was so excited and I launched the website and everything was going really well. And then the depression hit. (laughs) And that's the next point I want to talk about, my mental health and my breakup. Towards the end of September, Aotearoa had come out of uh, lockdown at this point, but Auckland, where I was living at the time, went into a second lockdown because we had a second wave of the coronavirus. So just after the second lockdown, I came out and I just felt so crushed, so devastated. All of my shows that I had been booked for and I had been spending the whole year practicing and rehearsing and and spending money on props and just pouring my my soul and my trauma into um, because when I perform as a performance artist as Vixen Temple I am confronting my trauma and my psyche and I am turning it into art so I poured so much of myself into these shows and they all got uh, postponed but you know it was still devastating um, and they all got postponed towards the same month So suddenly I had all of these bookings within the space of October and I came out of lockdown just so frustrated, so angry, so exhausted. One day I woke up and I just felt nothing. And it was terrifying because being a Leo, I am a very passionate and very emotional person and my emotions, the good and the bad, really are what remind me that I am human. So to wake up one day and suddenly feel nothing was terrifying. I've been sad in the past. I've been through breakups where I've been, no, I'm so depressed. I've been through horrible traumas in my early adolescence that, you know, made me really sad and angry. But I have never felt numb before. And I think just after the year with COVID, with everything going on my mind just had enough and it just shut down and it didn't want to feel anything anymore so I woke up one morning and I felt nothing and it was terrifying I honestly would rather feel anger or sadness than the nothing that I felt for that brief period of depression all the quotes that people say about depression being a dark room are really so accurate just understanding all of the quotes and the poems and the songs I've read and heard about depression I described it to my friends at the time it's like I was sitting in a dark room and there was this faceless person 
standing in front of me, holding out these masks of emotions. And I looked at the masks and I couldn't recognize what the emotions were. And I would grab them and they would just turn to sand in my hand. And I would look at the person and go, I, I don't know what this is. I don't know what to do. It was, it was terrifying. But the best thing to do when you are depressed, I've learned, is to ask for help. And I'm very, very, very lucky that I was surrounded by so much love at this time. I reached out to my mother. I reached out to my friends back home. I told my partner I was struggling. He was so, so supportive. And I'm so forever thankful for that. So if you're ever in a dark place, I really recommend reaching out and asking for help because it really is that hand that sort of can pull you out of the dark room, even ever so slightly. So when the depression hit and I felt numb and October started and all of my bookings had been moved to this month, I just was panicking and I thought, okay, I really just need to sit down, figure out my priorities, make a list of what I need to do and just tick it off one by one. I booked flights to my hometown for the end of the month and I was going to retreat for the rest of the year. I did a tarot reading um, and it told me, yeah, to go home and you'll find yourself when you go home. So I made the decision that I needed to take down my domain, uh, my blog, because it was charging me per month to keep it afloat. I wasn't stripping. Um, I have recently been declared medically unfit to work due to my PTSD and my mental health. Um, so at the time, I wasn't posting to my OnlyFans. I didn't have a, a means of income. I was actually depending on my partner for a lot of money. So I had to take down my website and that crushed me because I felt like such a failure. I just made a big deal and a big song and dance about it. I'd had beautiful sex worker artists reach out to me and give me free art. They'd taken their time to help me and I just felt so terrible having to admit that I was struggling. Um, so I made a big post to my Instagram explaining what was going on and I was, again, shown so much aroha. And I really appreciate that. I really needed that kaha in that moment. So thank you so much to everyone that took the time to message me. Again, I don't reply to every message, but I see every message. And it really helps me. But I felt really devastated taking down the blog. But I really needed to. It was quite a, you know, a weight off my shoulders. Um, and then as time went on... Bit by bit and piece by piece, I started to find myself again. And by the end of October, I was feeling, I was feeling again. <laughs> I was still not 100% me, but I at least was feeling happiness and excitement. I performed a show about my PTSD and it just ignited so much life back into me. I performed my first pole showcase for my pole studio and... Yeah, slowly I started to find myself again, and that was really exciting. But I returned to my hometown where I was going to spend a few weeks and then come back to Auckland for Christmas. But while I was in my hometown, my partner and I started talking, and we both sort of realized that the relationship was coming to an end. And I posted this to my Instagram page, but I talked about how I really want to normalize relationships ending and they don't need to be this big dramatic 
anger and disgust and hatred. Of course, if the person cheats on you, by all means, be angry at them. I've been cheated on before. I'll, I'll talk about it in a future podcast. But sometimes relationships, despite how much you love each other, just don't work out. And I think we as humans obsess over relationships so much that we hold on to them despite knowing that it's not just serving me anymore. And I love my partner. I love him dearly and he loves me and we remain strong friends. But we both just realized this relationship is not serving us the way it used to and it's time to say goodbye. And it was one of the hardest moments of my life when I went back to Auckland to get my things and sit down and say goodbye. But I walked out of that experience with so much strength and so many new lessons. And again, I'll, I'll talk about it more in future podcasts. I'm going to dedicate an episode to let's talk about breakups and what I've learned from mine. And this one, I've learned so much about myself and how strong and mature I am and how strong and mature my partner is. Um, so him and I have only a week ago at the time of recording this called things off. But I'm doing really well because I'm excited for the future. This means I get to explore my sexuality more. I'm a 24-year-old woman. I'm not ready to settle down and be in a long-term relationship, regardless of how much I loved him and still do love him. I have so many plans for the future, my podcast being one of them. And when I'm in a relationship with someone, I sort of just get so distracted and I just want to just want to worship them and love them and praise them. I'm a Leo, you know, I'm a, I, I love my partners immensely. Um, I also, my Venus is in Cancer, so <laughs> I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic as much as I hate to admit it. But now that I'm single, I just feel like I'm able to focus on myself again and pour my energy back into my blog. So I have slowly started posting more blogs and I'll have more returning I'm not sure when I'm going to publish this podcast. I think I plan on putting it up at the end of December, but I will be posting blogs in the new year and I'm very excited because I have so many blogs that I want to share and the old ones that I published I will put up. I just want to sort of re-edit them because the grammar is terrible. <laughs> um, but now I want to talk about why I started this podcast and what my plans for it are. So I started this podcast... The idea came to me about a week ago. Um, I think the day after me and my boyfriend broke up, I turned to my mother and I said, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast. And she looked so delighted and was like, ooh, that's a good idea. You're a good speaker. You have great stories. And that was really nice to hear from my mum, that validation. Um, she's aware that I'm a sex worker now. I'll, again, I'll make an episode about that in the future. So... She, yeah, she gave me her support and encouragement. I thought about it more and thought, you know what? I think it's a good idea because I'm a writer and I love to write. But to write and edit a blog can take a really long time for me. I write the blog up first. I just write what's on my mind, essentially the skeleton. And then I go back and I flesh it out. And then I go back and I flesh it out again. And then I... I sometimes pay someone to, to edit the grammar for me and then I publish it. So it takes about like two weeks sometimes for me to write and edit and publish a blog. But podcasts, I, I talk a lot. <laughs> so I'm going to try to keep these as short as I can. But I am, I am a speaker. I believe in a past life I was, 
a performer and I don't know a president or something I'm definitely just a great public speaker that's a skill I've always had and I'm not ashamed to admit that I love to speak and I am a good storyteller and I want to use these skills and if I can use them for the greater good and my greater good is to raise awareness of sex workers issues to raise awareness of feminist issues of all of the things that I am passionate about whether they affect me directly as a person or affect people around me that I care for I want this podcast to be a place where essentially I'm just going to sit and talk about things that I've been through and things I've learned from them I really just want this podcast to be a place where I sit down have a chat you can listen we'll have a cup of tea together I'm going to be running this podcast entirely on my own so I'll be the only host but I absolutely will bring on guests in the future and I'm so excited to be able to interview people but really I just want this podcast to be me just word vomiting whatever topic I want to talk about at the time I have a list of about 10 episode topics that I already have planned sugar daddy experiences stripping experiences breakups gaslighting uh, toxic masculinity, you know, all all sorts of things. And I have beautiful friends that I'm going to bring on and interview. So I am so excited for this podcast. And I really hope that you are all keen and excited to join me on this journey of independence and self-discovery of my sexuality as I return to Auckland next year, a single witch. I'm on my own, baby. <laughs> you know, I've got the, the support and aroha from my friends in Farnau, but I'm going to be completely on my own when I return to Auckland um, I'm not going to have my partner's home to live in anymore so I'm currently looking for a place to live and I'm terrified but I'm excited and I really want this podcast to be an exploration of myself as much as it is an exploration of, about topics that affect the world around me so I just want to take the time to thank you all for listening and tuning in I was listening to Garrett Watts and Andrew's Sweet Boy podcast the other day and they sort of said we don't really know what our plans are for this we're just gonna you know go with the flow and watch it evolve as it is meant to evolve organically and naturally on its own and that's sort of the plan with mine um I have episode ideas planned but I don't really have you know anything set in stone I really just want this to be a journey and I would love to invite you to embark on this journey with me so again thank you so much for tuning in this was so much fun to record. I'm really excited to return to Auckland next year, 2021, as a single woman, uh, trying to navigate myself in the world. It is currently December 2nd at the time of recording this. I'm not sure when I'm going to release this, but thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really looking forward to going on this journey together. Aroha nui, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode one of the Vixen Temple podcast. I would like to quickly sign off with a poem that I read the other day that really, I think, summarizes the journey that I'm currently going on as I return to my hometown to retreat for the rest of the year. Your people will gather around you, your family, who prepared a place for you in a lineage that connects you all the way back to the beginning a family that dreamed you possible. It is their soft singing, 
cellular love songs and the chanting lyrics of bloodlines accompanying you all the way through the lonely. The benefactors of your bones, blood and body. Each is a love letter folded in your DNA sequence. With each helic tongues they whisper into your dreams why you are here, what you were meant to do. Hoping you have ears in your waking life and eyes to see, they call you to transform the weft and the warp of what has been woven before you, to bring it back into balance. It is their magnetic pull of molecule that gathers all that is lost and redirects you to return to centre, reorientates you to radiant nucleus, resourced, so you can widen your circles of compassion, travel beyond your own limits, beyond almost what you can bear, accompanied all the way. Yes, this is the large, ever-expanding loving of everything that has been the making of us, knowing itself through you and evolving. Yes, your people will hold fast within you, in the marrow of your bones, waiting to be known, travelling with you along the soft breathing curves of an infinite circle that has no circumference and whose centre is everywhere. Ever so slowly, all your people will gather around you, the ones you realise when you look in their eyes that you've known for a life cycle or two, who not only help you on your journey to find home, but who make it home, this strange lonely journey, who make it home as you travel it. And then time will come, with great knowing, when you will remember yourself, back to yourself, returning to a memory of wholeness. Your people will gather around you, love after love, by Carlo Miller.